Yeah, we purchased it for 2.4. We put about a million one into it. Our total basis was like 3.5 or 3.6. And we actually, uh, a little less than two years in, did a refinance and, and returned a good chunk of the capital. And then um, a couple of years later, it was it made sense to get out. So we sold at uh, 7.1. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know of an exciting opportunity that is happening right now. So if you'd like to be a part of an apartment complex right here and right now, there is an investment opportunity. It's a 250-unit apartment community that my team, Blue Spruce, has under contract. We're putting our own money into this one because we love the numbers on it, and we would love to invite you to have an opportunity to invest right alongside with us. So the way that you can do that is there is a link, and it's within the show notes, and that is for you to register your interest to invest alongside with Adam Adams and Blue Spruce Holdings. So scroll down right now and find that link. It is realbluespruce.com forward slash portal. Find that link, click the link, and we will be investing together on this 250 unit. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams, and today I am joined with a monster in the business. I'm very grateful to have you, Andrew. Mr. Andrew Cushman, how are you today, sir? I am well. Glad to be here. And you're out in sunny California, is that right? I am. Yep, Southern California, not far from Disneyland. Perfect, perfect. Well, one thing, a couple things about Andrew is he's been involved in real estate for a long, long time specifically multifamily since about 2011. We're going to get into that deal when we come into the creative, most creative deal he's ever done. And I cannot wait for you to hear what he did with that 96 unit, how he turned it around. It's incredible. He's been at 1800 doors and he was, we were talking in the pre-interview. He's a net seller right now. Uh, So he's been selling a few of those properties that he had in Houston and DFW and Atlanta in small pockets. Uh, I know that he has a lot of value to add. So I'm going to bring him back on, on another episode and specifically just talk about specifically just how to underwrite a market. He's got stuff like median income needing to be over 35 K flood zones, crime, population growth, even delinquency in rents which is something I hadn't ever heard anyone else mention. Uh, So we'll have him back on the show, absolutely. But will you do me a favor, Andrew? Take me back to the (laughs) 4,576th phone call that you made that that ended up becoming your first real estate deal. Yeah, that was the one that got us into the flipping business, which, you know, as you mentioned, then transitioned to the the apartment complex. So um, it was a person that I had actually door knocked. I'd knocked on their door three months previously. We had a good conversation and I, he didn't have income. He didn't have a job. He didn't have savings. I knew he needed to sell the, the property, but then he disappeared on me for three months, just gone. And eventually he got a notice of sale filed, which means the bank's going to auction the house. Couldn't, couldn't reach him, still couldn't reach him. And then the morning of his sale, no, I was just telling you, the morning before his sale, I got to my job and I was just like, man, this guy's going to lose his house. I just, I felt like this was going to be it. And on a whim, I picked up the phone from in my office at 730 in the morning and called him. 
he answered the phone. And I was so not expecting it that I just said, I was like, Steve? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what happened to you, man? He's like, I got scared. I didn't know what to say or do. He's like, can you still help me? And I said, yeah. I literally, I, I, I talked to him for about 30 more seconds. I hung up the phone. I got in the car. I just walked out of my job. I didn't, I didn't tell my boss. I didn't tell my subordinates. I didn't tell anybody that I was leaving or where I was going. Went to his condo, sat down. We agreed on a price that, that, that worked for both of us. Called his bank. His bank said, this was, again, 2007. The banks were cocky then. The bank was like, nope, we're, we're, not, we're not postponing. We don't care. You know, we're, we're, we're au- the, the auction's tomorrow. I argued with supervisors, et cetera, on the phone. Then finally, they said, you, can, you know what? You can reinstate it at the auction. And uh, I'm like, um, all right, sure, we'll do that. Got a cashier's check, went down there the next morning. Auctioneer's like, no, we don't do that. Get out of, get out of my way. And uh, we get, get the bank on the phone, and, and the auction, and his house was like two houses up from coming, right? And we're doing three-way calls. And finally, he pauses, the auctioneer pauses. I see him on the phone for a minute. He looks at me. The bank actually called him and said, yeah, let these guys reinstate. So I handed him a cashier's check, reinstated the loan outside of escrow. I had no guarantee that we were even going to get to keep this money. But I knew him like, if we don't make this happen, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I can make another 4,000 phone calls. Right. So we just did it. And then, yeah, we got it to escrow close. It all worked out great, but it was uh, it was a brutal, brutal process. Wow. So what I think we're going to learn from you today is just how, it took you how you were even able to make 4,576 calls to get your first deal done and, and everything else that you went through to get there, because I kid you not, I've met, I've hosted so many events, so many podcasts over the years, met so many different people at other people's events. And some of them are like, this is really tough. I've called, I've called three, people off craigslist (laughs) this is this is really tough i've talked to five different brokers and already underwritten four properties and this is really tough blah 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 insert like where it comes from from here but i'll tell you like the last the deal that we have under contract right now as we record we we've we've looked at 300 deals to make sure to find something mm-hmm. and i'm looking at like everybody that i've met that is not being successful and they're quitting at 5 they're quitting at 3 they're quitting at 4 they're quitting at 10 or they're quitting at 20 but they haven't gotten through 130 that it takes to get their first deal yet so and you said as we were talking how how that is something that's going through um, in your company right now as well. You have to be relentless. You have to, you know, keep um, persistent and have some patience because, I mean, how many deals are you seeing these days, Andrew? Not too many. Uh, these days, you've got to go through hundreds to find one. And even when you find that one, odds are you're not finding it. You're probably making it. Meaning you're seeing an opportunity to to add value or, or, or get a return that maybe everybody else missed. So, um, or maybe you, you negotiated something creative. Um, you made a deal by getting really good. Maybe, maybe you gave the seller his high price, but you negotiated really good terms that make it work. So you, you have to make deals these days. Tell me, how do you make a deal? 
Like, what, is, what does that mean? Uh, Adam Adams goes and checks out a property in Texas, uh, says, not a deal, I pass it. Andrew Cushman comes, looks at the same deal, but you've, you know how to look at it, and all of a sudden it becomes a deal, and I, compl- and I missed it. What are, what's going on behind the scenes there to, to create a deal? Yeah, you know, to, to give an example of one that, that's somewhat common is maybe you walked through it and said, oh, you know what, the, all the, you know, the, the competing properties are, you know, I can only bump rent $75, right? That's yeah, not enough to do what I need to do or get my returns. I walk through and I'm like, yeah, okay, we can only bump rent $75 by doing the flooring and the paint, but there's a big empty space in this closet behind the bathroom and I can pay $1,500 to put washer dryer connections in here, which will probably get me another 50 or 75 on top of the other 75. So now I can increase rents 150. Then I can go buy a washer dryer set for $660 and lease that set to a person for another 40 to 50 a month. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at another significant income stream and now that property works, whereas it might not have to anybody who didn't, who didn't look at that. Yeah, so if those numbers are right, it takes you $3600 in this scenario to increase rents by 200 bucks. You're almost paid off after, you know, 18 months. It's pretty quick return. Um we're we're doing washer dryers at a property now and it pays off in 15 months and then after that it's just money to the NOI. Very, very cool. All right, so let's let's just talk about one of your home runs uh, from from the very beginning. So let's just figure out a home run. I know you said in the pre-interview that you'd recently sold a couple of deals at a five-year projection number. You you got that number in just two to three years. So let's let's think about one of those home runs and talk about, first off, how long did it take you to find that deal? So we'll go with uh, you'll go with the one that we just sold in Atlanta. Uh, it was Interloop. It was a property that was pretty rough when we got it a few years ago. Uh, we purchased it for two point four million. Uh, it was one hundred and twenty two units. The we were actually fourth place, right? So we, they they wanted two point nine. They sold it to somebody else. They couldn't close. Uh, they sold it again for two eight. That guy couldn't close. They sold it a third time for like. Two seven that could so finally they came back to us and said, "Look, if you guys can just close, you know, we'll, fine, we'll take it." So I said, "All right, great, we're in." So we got it for two point four. We put a little over a million, I think one point one million, into renovations, and we sold it uh, for seven point one. Um, and uh, that was that was let's see, that was late last year. Wow. Awesome stuff. So, okay, remind me, um, because I, I heard a lot of, of, of information, remind me just specifically how long it took you to find, to, to go from I see the deal to I'm under contract with the deal? Yeah, that was actually a nine-month period. Okay. Yep. Nine months. Okay, great example of just being relentless and persistent and patient. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, let me let me ask you this other question just to clarify. Uh, I heard it sound like you bought it for a little bit of money and you sold it for a lot of bit of money. Uh, would you detail that out again, the purchase price, the all-in uh, with rehab, and then the sell price again? Yeah, we purchased it for 2.4. We put about a million one into it. Our total basis was like 3.5 or 3.6. And we actually... 
a little less than two years in, did a refinance and, and returned a good chunk of the capital. And then um, a couple of years later, it was it made sense to get out. So we sold at uh, 7.1. Awesome. Was there any prepayment penalties you had to worry about? There was a little bit of yield maintenance on there because uh, we, we, we did have agency debt, but you know, it was only, and it ended up only being like $200,000 and, you know, for the pricing we were getting it, it was okay. <laughs> we yeah. were, we were so far above pro forma that, you know, the 200, uh, seemed like a relatively reasonable. Awesome. Well, good deal. I, I appreciate you going into that. Um, I want to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with the final five. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their nine to five, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. All right, Andrew, what is a book you recommend? Ah, you know, I highly, highly recommend it's an old one, but it's a good one. Uh, How to win friends and influence people because in the real estate business, numbers are important, but at the end of the day, it all boils down to people and relationships. Nothing happens without that. Andrew, where were you five years ago? And then the second part of this question is my favorite question. Where will you be in five years from today? Five years ago, that would be 2014. We were working on, I think we were at five or 600 units. Uh, we were uh, we were working on finding deals, which was a lot easier back then. We were working on building our investor base. We were working on building uh, good good relationships with with partners and potential partners. That led us to where we are now. Five years from now, I hope to have. Uh, you know, I, I think we said earlier, I'm down to about a thousand or 1100 units, hope to be back up to two to 3000 units, have a little bit larger team. We actually just hired two amazing people. So we're working on that. And I hope to be, um, just working a little bit, uh, have a bigger team and be working a little bit fewer hours myself personally. Okay. Okay. Even, even though you took a few ski trips this year, you still want to work less. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I guess it all probably balance, <laughs> probably balances out more than I think it does. So love it. All right. Uh, the next question that I have is how you give back. Uh, give back, I, you know, a number of ways. My wife and I donate to uh, a pretty good list of charities. 
And then also on the business side, you know, whenever, whenever I can and someone reaches out, I try to give a hand up, uh, especially if I sense that it's somebody who truly is trying and truly is making an effort and trying to learn and, and make that jump. Because I, I remember how difficult it is to do. Uh, so that's, that's another way of doing it. Awesome. And my last question for you, uh, there's probably a bunch of listeners who want to connect with you, invest passively in your deals that you are so patient in making sure that you're getting a, a good deal, not just having a deal done. Uh, so what's the best way for the listener to reach out to you and connect with you? Probably the best way to, to really connect is just our, our website has a contact us form and it's just, uh, if you Google Vantage Point Acquisitions, it'll probably come up, but it says vpacq.com. And that come, if you do the contact us or, or submit your information, it comes right to my inbox. Uh, I generally you know, do personally respond to those, usually within a day or two if I can, unless I'm traveling. That's the best way, but of course, there's LinkedIn, Bigger Pockets. Um, I'm on both of those and, and can connect there as well. And just to double check that I have the email correctly. It's your, the name of the company is Vantage Point Acquisitions. And mm -hmm. so the website is the first initial of the first one, which is a V, then a first initial, second one, which is a P, and then the first three letters of acquisitions. You AC got it. Dot com. Okay. Mm -hmm. VPACQ.com, Vantage Point Acquisitions. Andrew Cushman, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join me on this podcast. And I, already can tell that I think we need to have you on a few different times. That'd be fun. So I, I, really, I enjoy it. I really do. So, Okay. Well, I'll let you go for now, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thank you for coming back day in and day out and listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. We're happy to have you as a listener. If you haven't already, go ahead and leave us a rating and review the kind that we deserve, and that'll help us stay motivated to keep putting out this content for you. And if you'd like to invest in that 250-unit apartment community that we have in Oklahoma City, our favorite market in the entire nation right now, if you'd like to be a part of that exciting opportunity, just scroll down, find that link, realbluespruce.com forward slash portal, and register your interest in investing alongside with us today. Until next time, think outside the box.